So you know, before you started uh, doing any work on, on transforming it, it sounds like you had literally a clean slate. Yeah, like phase, yeah. Um, what did you start, decide were the outcomes that you needed to achieve before you put the plans together? What was it? What was your end point? What were you aiming for? Um, probably one of the biggest things we set out to do was something we didn't want to do. Um, I think I'm going to end up with this tattooed on my forehead, but one of the strap lines in spine performance is you can shove your annual appraisal up your ass. And the reason we thought that way is because that's how people feel about it, and we wanted to make a bit of a statement. So one of the things we said straight away is we mustn't simply give another identity of performance management. And we, whenever we talked about it, whenever we brainstormed it, the key thing that we always came back to was we wanted to inspire people. Mm. People want to be inspired. Whether you're a bricklayer or an MD, we want to be inspired. And if you say to go, they're lying. Maybe they don't know what inspiration is, perhaps how it feels. So what we wanted to really do was say, okay, how do we, through performance management, create that environment that really inspires people? Mm. So some of the key things we wanted to do from that, we wanted to create coaching conversations, not performance conversations. We wanted to create an environment for empowerment. We wanted to enable our people to take responsibility for their performance and their development and therefore create accountability for it. We were very forthright in our views that we wanted to create an ask, don't tell culture because we were very aware that this was a bit of a tipping point. And if we went too far down the line of, managers must manage performance and they must tell you what you must do mm -hmm. that would not have that will not enable the business growth that we want so we want to create in our business that element of where people really kind of take control and the way to do that is by asking them mm -hmm. by giving them that kind of own directives learning directive performance management we wanted to give autonomy to leaders um i love this thing that we do in organizations where we say to everybody you must do an annual appraisal by the 31st of march send your forms to HR. We don't do anything with them. We stick them in a file or we tick a box that says, Roger's done all these performance appraisals, well done. So we wanted to completely remove that because we wanted managers to be accountable. When, when you make it about the phone into HR, HR are responsible for it. And also that, that creates that blockage that for February and March in organizations, all leaders are doing is sitting doing appraisals. <laughs> that if you're the 10th one that they've conducted, you've had it, you've got no chance. So we, create an environment where it's up to leaders when they do their reviews. We gave a suggestion as to how often they should do their reviews. And the key outcome for us was to deliver talent development and that kind of succession development. So the only outcome we've asked for is talent ratings to inform our talent managing and talent mapping, kind of whatever you want to call it really. So then, and that was the key thing for me from an L&D point of view, was that when people start to do reviews, they could come out of those reviews now, as it's happening now, and have an L&D offering that was linked to the competencies within there, that was linked to the fire skills in there, so that when development needs are identified, they can go off and do something about it, whether that's to enable coaching, mentoring, workshops, digital learning, reading a book, whatever it is, there's a defined outcome so that they can leave their review and go, okay, a development needs for me is negotiating skills, I can find that within my L&D offering so that it actually meant something for them.